podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. My name is Daniel. It's that kid from Live. Okay, we do the podcast every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the Talking Tactics. If you're listening on Spotify, give us a follow. If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. Leave us a five-star review and we'll read it on the show. Also, check out our Patreon page. Have hope. Where can people get you? Halfofootballhot.com. I'm at Daniel to look on Twitter. Carl should be somewhere doing something. Maybe he'll be back this season. We don't know yet. But all right. Um, Anchorman 616 for those that don't know. Um, okay. There's no football. Well, that's that's a lie. Have you been watching the Olympic football? No, I mean it's, it's... I watched one game. Rashardson got a hat trick. Oh, screw which me. which let me know this is not real life. Yeah, you know, screw screw that. Guy. <laughs> No, no, no. I mean, no. For, for no, for me, I was um, I, I've been watching all the Olympic stuff because I watched some of the diving and then I saw some skateboarding and and stuff. But yeah, I've I've I, I missed out on the football. But I want to catch it when I think they are slowly getting to the quarters now and the semis. So I definitely want to watch the quarters. I think Japan have a perfect re- record at the moment. So I mean, it's hmm. going to be between Japan, Spain, or um, Brazil. Hmm. But Spain um, will win though. Yeah, I've I've watched some swimming, some beach volleyball regular volleyball and there was something else i was watching i was like this is oh triathlon do you know that's there's a theory that i don't know that it can make the pod or whether it's more, more of an extra thing about the triathletes and are these guys maybe doping <laughs> because how the hell can you swim run bike, bike. Or, yes i uh, i think you're doping <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, no that's fine i mean we can suspect Foul play. As, as, as long as we don't accuse anybody, because I name name one triathlete. I can't name one. No, no. I think there was a dude named Yi. That's all I got. So anyway, um, but yeah, I haven't I haven't watched the football except that one game. So the American women lost, and then they oh, came yeah. back and won. Mm-hmm. And I think they had like a forty game win streak or something like that. That I think Sweden broke. But um, yeah, outside of that, I'm not really paying too much attention. So. Like I said during the Euros, I just needed a break from football. It was just like it's good to just watch something different, different rules, different stakes or whatever it is. Well, no, but, no, no, you know, no, like, you know, like you, especially because of the Euros on Copa America, I was like, I just don't want any, I don't want to watch anything or do anything with football. So that's why me and Red whatever were talking films and just watching the Olympics and just watching other sports. I'm like, oh, cool. So diving. Shooting something, it's 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 cool. Basically, I've always just liked sports. Mm. Hence why, like even growing up, one of my favorite channels was Eurosports. Because you just put it on and you'll just play like whatever that, that's on the court, you know. So was the skateboarding good? Oh no, no, look, it's it's so crazy that it's taking this long for them to have skates skateboarding, man. But the thing about the skateboarding thing is uh, how young they are, which just shows you how the sport is really for young people. So the Girl that won is like 13, 13? Japan, yeah. and the and the girl who came second is also 13 as well. So it's like how young the contestants are is soft that's 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 crazy. But Yo, like, there was there was some 13 or 14 year old kids. He did like a did do you remember like when Tony Hawk did a 900? Mm. This this kid did like a 1080 on the vert. He's like a Brazilian. Oh, 13, 14 year old kid, and he won like best trick at the X Games. So yeah, skateboarding is like it's for the kids, man. And, and, and also, like even keeping it with the, with, the, with the theme is that very soon esports will like that's going to be the next big thing. Like people have to accept that it is a sport, and I think people are slowly realizing that. Oh no, it's not just Mario, Luigi. No, if you watch a FIFA, like I could, because I watched the um, FIFA twenty one tour- tournament. And it's like, no, these guys are very skilled. Yeah, <laughs> so it is a skill. So once people just figure out that, no, 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 you are, there are people who are very good at this. Esports will be the next thing to be in the Olympics. That reminds me that Pez is no more. So we should talk about that at yeah. the end. Um, do you think if we, if we look at the ages of the kids that are competing and the type of events that people are doing, did Florentino have a point where like football may seem like, a kind of old antiquated thing and we need to change the rules to you know let's shorten the game let's have more goals because the fast-paced nature of the 21st century where it's headed 
do you think 45 minute halves and kind of one nils, nil nils, two ones, like, do you think that's engaging enough when you look at maybe skateboarding or snowboarding or all of these other kinds of sports that young uh, kids seem to be into? For me, I think, look. Or will football always have its place? You know what? I do believe that it's going to change because we're just living in this moment in time. Rewind it back to the 50s or 60s or so forth. Who would have thought that? Oh, why do we need an offside rule? <laughs> like, who cares? Why do we need, um, why shouldn't the keeper be allowed to use his hands and so forth? I mean, stop it. What, 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 what the heck is that? So things always evolve. Like, we, it's very easy to look at yourself in a, in this particular period in time and thinking that, oh no, everything is fine. But moods change and things change and you now have different gen- generations. So once the next generation and the next generation and the next generation that now comes through and guys of our generation are now in our 60s, 70s and so forth, you have to go with what is the consensus. And because look, this is, and this is true with everything. Not everything will always sit at the throne. Whoever thought that boxing would ever get dis- displaced? During the heyday of Ali, Frazier, Sugar Robinson, Tyson, nothing came close to boxing. But once boxing lost its stars and all that rhetoric came through and there were no sponsors left, then football steamed through, which obviously was led by Ronaldo in the late 90s. Can I pause you quickly? Mm. Do, you know, do you remember, like, um, maybe, obviously you don't remember, we weren't alive, but... If you've done the research on like Jack Johnson, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those dudes cool. were fighting like 45, 50 round fights. Like what? Like white, white, white people hated him because he used to date <laughs> white girls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They had like whole miscegenation laws because of that dude. Hmm. He was like persona non grata, I guess is what it was called. But like, there weren't fifteen round fights. These guys would just fight all day. Hmm. 40 round, 50 round fights. Like uh, un- until somebody decides that they're quitting, we're going to keep fighting. But then somebody was like, you know what? I think we need to shorten the fight. So then it went to 15 rounds. Like Ali, Frazier, that era was 15. And then somebody's like, nah, even 15 is too much. So now it's championship fights are down to 12 rounds mm-hmm. because they realized the shorter that we keep it, the more engaged the people will be. Is we're still fighting like 40 round, 50 round fights. And, and, and also the, the key rules. thing as well is like less fights as well. So, mm. which is what Tyson said that, yeah, Floyd Mayweather, he can say only once, but Sugar Ray Rob- Robinson. He fought damn near every week. He did like, <laughs> he did like 40, then one loss, then he did like 60, 70 undefeated. So the frequency, people like, I fight this week. Next week, I fight this week, other month, fight. So there was hardly any rest time. So everything changed and everything evolved. So as crazy as all those stipulations seem to be, in 10, 20, 30 years' time, I will not be surprised if you see ads during games, 30-minute halves, sin bins, and so forth. Like if you have a, a yellow card, sit down for two minutes, which is what they, they do in hockey. So. Ugh. We're gonna hate it. We're gonna be the old dudes that are like, ah, this oh, isn't football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but people like um, you're old and 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 irrelevant. Screw you. So, <laughs> all right. Um, let's talk transfers. Why don't Chelsea have a striker yet? You've had all summer, two months, three months. It's been, Halland wasn't at the Euros. Norway wasn't there. So you've had all this time to at least be in contact with his people. Is it, a, is it a case of they didn't know who to go for? They tried Lukaku. There was links with Kane. Now they're trying Lewandowski for $50 million, Then Holland, like, do they have a clear plan or just, are they just throwing money or throwing kind of feelers in every direction to see what sticks? Um, I, don't think, I don't think Chelsea have a plan. You are right. But if you bring the Malin the, the theory, what that could the be Malin something. theory? So the Malin theory is we have a we have a price for a dude based on how much we think you have. Now, if we know that you have just been given a certain amount of money, we're gonna rack up the, the price. So the Malin theory is Chelsea are waiting for Dortmund and PSV to seal that deal. Okay. So therefore, you now have the replacements for him because if they get Haaland be, before, or even if they, they, they go for a bid, PSV are like, no, nope. we're going to jack the price. We're going we're, we're to wait until you seal that deal because we know that you're going to get 130, 150. So we're going to jack the price. But if Chelsea are not even making a hint of Haaland, PSV are like, oh, maybe they don't want Haaland. Okay, take him. 
Once that is secure, just like you have your replacements, let's make the deal, which would not have been jacked up if we made the, the deal before you got Marlon. So that's it. That's the Marlon theory. Hmm. Um, so what? So I think so. August thirty first is when it it ends. That's that's uh, it. I'll take your word for it. That's my yeah, birthday. I, yeah, I think it, I think it's, Oh yeah, how, how about your birthday, bro? So, <laughs> so, so 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 my my so my my thing is that um, the night is still young, but. So no 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 basically it, it would be a disaster if Chelsea who just won the Champions League did not get a marquee signing. That well, the, the last time Chelsea won the Champions League, Eden Hazard was like, I'm going to the Champions League winners. Like the hottest prospect on the block was like, that's the club I'm going to. What was the point of winning the Champions League if you can't take advantage of like, hey, we're the Champions League winners, Haaland, or we're the Champions League winners, whoever the target may be, come to us if you're Marino or Roman or Bruce Buck, whoever's in charge of the transfers. I don't know what's going on. <sighs> Did you see all the, like, when the low knees came back, though? <laughs> this is this is one of my favorite parts of the year. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. It's this um, Loftus Chick and, and them people. Exactly. Like, all, all the lone players come back. So, Loftus Cheek, Zappa Costa, Bakayoko, Bashwai, uh, Drink Water. All these dudes come back. And then in the in the in the comments, they're like, "Yo, why do we still have this bum? What? Why is this trash player still here?" It's just like mad abuse for like players that are in the loan system. It's just like I forgot that we even still had drink water on the books. Why is he still there? Like, no, no, you know, yeah, Chelsea's loan system is wild, bro. Stuff is wild. I think it works though. I think they make a lot of money, but I wonder what Tuchel's gonna do. Like, what players in the loan army? actually work i think loftus cheek is gonna have a pretty i think he's staying and i think he's gonna have a good season yeah no no drink water is out of there man <laughs> <laughs> that guy's out of there bro um connected to the Haaland thing it just popped in my brain is tammy abraham to arsenal a good idea for who arsenal it's great it's a good idea 100 percent for arsenal because arsenal do the math so Lacazette is not a prolific goal score scorer. Decent player, not a prolific goal score scorer. It is unwise to be heavily reliant on Obama because you now that when Obama now goes cold, you're screwed. You don't play Obama in the middle. You play him out wide. Tammy Abraham's position is as a striker, so he is far more comfortable in that position than Obama is. And it just that Tammy Abraham was Chelsea's highest goal scorer without scoring any penalties. So I think he scored six goals in twelve starts which is insane. So my thing is that you're getting a guy, he is a good goal scorer. So now you, you don't have the massive burden on Aubameyang. It, is, it makes amazing sense for Arsenal. Hence why I was shocked when on Twitter I saw Arsenal fans saying like, oh my gosh, I don't want Tammy. Not I was like, Arsenal, wait a minute. You are in no position to say you don't want Tammy Abraham. You, you, you didn't even qualify for the Europa Conference League. You are in zero position to start to dictate. It's like, it, it's... Um, Beggars can't be choosers. Oh my! You literally just read my mind, man. I was like, I was like what is, it? Is, it, "Is it beggar? Poor man can't choose. Choose poor man." Like, yeah, beggars can't be choosers. I got beggars can't be choosers. Firstly, for Chelsea, if you know that you have a an elite striker coming, then having Tammy doesn't quite make sense. You'd rather have just someone who would be happy to accept the backup role, which I suspect one of the young kids would be happy to do it. Maybe even Mishi would be happy just to be the Chelsea backup. I think Tammy has a bit of, I don't know, there's something in him that I think he's not happy just being a Chelsea player and being on the bench. So getting rid of him, not getting rid, but allowing him to progress his career, especially at a club like Arsenal, I think he'd probably be happy with that. Chelsea too. Um, For Arsenal, 40 million is a lot if that's the price. But I think his upside is maybe worth it. And you look at the age of Aubameyang, how good is he going to be for the next two, three years? We don't know. Lacazette, he's on his way down and probably out of Arsenal. So if you look at the options of like young strikers, Tammy's probably in the top five of like strikers of his age, of like who, who would you be willing to take a risk on at that age? I don't think we're making great strikers anymore. That's why Haaland, the price is so much because who else at that age is that prolific? Yeah, strikers don't don't, don't sex. So they, they, they're not creating number nines like they used to. It's why people are... 
I used to wonder how come people are spending so much money on Morata. It doesn't make sense. Like he's clearly a brick. But then if you look at the strikers in his age group, outside of Kane, Lukaku, who else? Icardi, maybe. No. Balotti, no. The the lack of elite number nine at that age Andres group. Andre Silva. When you look at that age group, you think, well, damn, like Morata may may be like top five in his age group. So it makes sense why Real Madrid, Juventus. Um, Chelsea and other clubs, Atletico, like okay, we'll take a shot because what what's the what's the other solution here? So Tammy probably fits in that group in his in his age range where it's like yeah, we might as well take a take a shot on him because who else? We got a lot of questions on Manchester United, so let's just get oh. this out the way. <laughs> let's start with I, I like this question. <laughs> Is Paul Pogba running away from the grind? United are finally moving in the right direction. Should he stay and win something? So this comes from this is an NBAism, running away from the grind. Um, I think that goes maybe to Damian Lillard, where he's like he's not going to run away from the grind or something to that effect, or you know Giannis's speech where he's like I could have gone somewhere else and won a championship, but I stayed in Milwaukee and I did it the quote hard way unquote. Is Paul Pogba running away from the grind if he goes to PSG or just leaves Manchester United for what he considers greener pastures? Nope. Because I think Pogba realizes the reality. Even if they get Varane, even if they get Sancho, you won't get what you need from Pogba. Because I said something that <clears throat> if United sold Pogba and they got Goretzka, Pogba is a better player than Goretzka, but I think Goretzka would be much more effective for United than Pogba has been. In all the years that Pogba has been at United, what has he actually really done? His best moment was scoring two goals against Man City to stop them from winning the league at the Etihad. That, that, mm-hmm. that, 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 that's it. That's it's his finest, biggest moments for, for United. So my thing, though, is do you really believe that Varane and Sancho is going to somehow unlock Pogba to be the guy that we see for France at the World Cup of the Euros? No. And Pogba realises that Pogba is a player where if you see, let's look at the whole Pogba De Bruyne thing. <laughs> if you put De Bruyne in an average team, he can elevate an average team because De Bruyne is very consistent. But I would rather take Pogba in a superstar team than De Bruyne because Pogba in a superstar team will give me more and help me more than De Bruyne would. So Pogba with Mbappe, Neymar, Verratti, so forth is a better fit than Pogba with Scott McTominay, Fred Flintstone, um, Sancho, and so forth. That's just the reality. So my thing is that, yeah, United are making some good big signings, but I don't see Neymar. I don't see Messi. I don't see Cristiano. So I think I think Pogba, if, if Pogba was showing for Manchester United, what he shows for France, I think United would be more pressed to keep him because that player is the best version of him that we've seen. Maybe you could say a couple seasons at Juventus where he had Pirlo, Vidal, Marquisio, all those guys. But Manchester United Pogba is way different than France Pogba. And you could get blinded into watching the Euros where I thought Pogba was the best player at the Euros. It just sucks that you know they got bounced in the in the round of 16. But from the group stage to the round of 16, Pogba was the best footballer that I saw. But you can't bank that, oh, he's going to come to Manchester United and play like that. The same way Bruno looks kind of trash for Portugal, but when he goes to Manchester United, he's going to look good again. It's like a weird reverse thing that they have going on. But if Manchester, if you know he's not going to sign the contract extension or he's angling not to, to maybe get as much money. And you're just thinking like, look, we don't see what you do for France for us. So if you're not going to sign the contract, that's fine. We'll take the 50, 60 million from whoever wants to give it to us and we'll just move on. I don't see that as a bad outcome for anybody except Manchester United fans who love the idea of Paul Pogba, maybe one day it clicking. Selfishly, <laughs> I've always wanted Pogba at Chelsea, but you know that's not going to happen. So, <laughs> no, no, that was all if, if you put him and Conte together, it's just like peanut butter and jelly. It's just like it, it goes together. It works. Strawberry, not grape. You nasty people out there. Damn. Oh, 
Have we had this discussion? Do you prefer grape jelly or strawberry jelly? Jam. Strawberry. Okay. Okay. I'm just making sure I'm not doing a podcast with a heathen. <laughs> grape jelly. Fuck. Grape jam is disgusting. Why not just... Yeah, I've never had a grape, grape, grape jam in my life. Oh, my brother likes it, so my parents used to buy that all the time. I said, like, can we get strawberry once? Like, no, Micah likes this. <sighs> anyway. So, yeah. Um, yeah, they... Conte and Pogba, they go together well, but I don't think Chelsea... Chelsea had their opportunity in 2015, I think, when they won the title, and then they just decided not to buy anybody, mm. except... Gilaboji, Michael Hector, Pedro, Baba Raman, uh, Begovic. <laughs> One of the worst windows of all time for a title winning team. They had their chance. They could have got them for like 70, 75, but they didn't want to do business with Raiola, which is funny because now they're trying to do business with Raiola for Haaland, it seems maybe. Um, maybe maybe Marina and them learned their lesson. But um, yeah, as, as, as for PSG, if you can get Pogba, go get Pogba. It, he's in Paris, France. Although I did see some of the ultras, they put out a sign like, like oh, why wouldn't is, you want is this, Pogba? Is this because of the Euros, maybe? I think it's because Pogba, Pogba's parents are Marseille fans. Oh. <laughs> and obviously PSG and Marseille have beef, so maybe they're just like, we don't want you because of your parents' allegiances. Or maybe Pogba even said in the past that he wouldn't go to PSG because of his parents' allegiance to Marseille. I think if Pogba goes to PSG, he'll get closer to France. Like, you'll see more of the France Pogba for PSG than you will at Manchester United. I don't know why I think that, but that's what I feel. Next question, also a Pogba question. Did I say who that question was from? That was from Jax365. This one is from that uncle of yours. He says, why do a lot of Manchester United slash football fans on the African continent have such a strong dislike of Paul Pogba? Half Hope is probably better positioned to answer that than me. Wait, so, 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 so why do United fans of an African continent... On the African Pog- continent. On the African continent hates Paul Pogba. <laughs> have, he said a strong dislike. He didn't say hate, but, you know, same difference. Is there? That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't. Th- I don't have a. It's it's news to me. It's news to me. African. We generally love Paul Pogba. He yes, dances. Like... He's got good style. And you know, you know and, and he, he, he seems he knows like where a, he's a, a good religious person. You know. And, and also, the... he also knows. Isn't it? He's from. Isn't it? Isn't he from Guinea? Isn't it? Yeah. Like shout like, out, well, shout, like, out like Creek. shout out Connor Creek. Whenever, whenever you see his 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 mom, you can always see like his mom is always very strong with her roots and so forth. So no no, Pogba is yeah. I mean I've I, yeah. I don't even know what to say. Like I haven't seen that, bro. Personally, but you know, if you have evidence, send us the evidence, bro, and then we can discuss. Exhibit B. More Manchester United questions. How does Varane fit in? Uh, I, can, I that was a terrible cadence. Um, this is from Connell. How does Varane fit in at United, i.e., how does he complement Maguire beside him and Juan Bissaka to the right of him? How good is Varane really is what I want to ask you. Because I feel like Ramos did a lot of shepherding. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I watch all 38 games of uh, La Liga and Real Madrid. But whenever you tune into the big games, it did kind of feel like Ramos was doing a lot of shepherding. And whenever just something needed to get caught behind Varane would put on his jets and go make a big tackle or whatever the case may be. Do you think Maguire is a leader on the level of Ramos? I'd say no. So how good is Varane individually as a defender by himself? Basically the, the Varane thing, again, you have to realize that you are getting a very talented defender, but who has flaws? Mm-hmm. Like you need to partner him with a very good defender and experience your defender. If you don't, you now saw when he was partnered with Kim Kimpembe, and you now see where he gets partnered with Militao. You know he can make he can be prone to making mistakes. Um, he's better in the defensive setup than an attacking setup. And let's keep it real. I watched that three peats very very closely. Like Ramos was definitely the big brother to him, but that was a, a partnership. Him and Ramos were excellent in that three 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 piece, and they were very very good defensively as a pairing. Um, and what you find is the football is strange is that it's about that sense about thing is about pairing. 
John Stone, I still don't think John Stones is that great a defender. But you put John Stones with a really good defender, he's much better. Mm-hmm. You know. So you actually feed off for because if you're a right back or left back, it's all about one v one battles. So more tackles are made by the right back and left back than the central defenders. Central defense is all about reading of the game because it's about interception and dis- disposition and so forth. Very rarely are you in one v one situations as much as the left back or the right back. So what it's about is you having good communication and being on the same wavelength as your defensive partner. Because if you're not, then it's like, because you know, okay, this guy, he's, he's quick, he's good in the air, he's good with his dribbler, he's good with his pace guy, boom, boom. So you can make up for each other's de- deficiencies and so forth. So um, the key is what is the Varane-Maguire partnership going to be? Because look, they have to do it because Lindelof was making too many mistakes. So... And you can't trust Bayi to stay fit. Yeah, yeah, you can't. <laughs> Although, so, so had to be done. I, do, do you think this opens the the door? Considering they do have Lindelof and Bayi for a back three system or back five, Shaw and Juan Bissaka as the wing backs, Maguire in the middle, and then Varane and pick whoever's fit or in form for that third spot, mm. and that could maybe simplify things. To where it's it's not about that partnership necessarily, but then those three, that would be a solid defensive part. And then obviously, who's the goalkeeper? Henderson. What's the dude, what's the dude's name? I think I think it's it's Henderson. Yeah, Henderson or you know De Gea is De Gea, but and then you could have wait, whatever wait, wait. combination in midfield. Do you, do you know that he's the highest paid player at United? De Gea. That, that makes sense. When did he sign his contract? Two, three years ago? Three, four years ago? That's that. That's that's wild. No, nah, like what he was in form. He was one of the best keepers in the world when he signed his contract. So, but I think now they regret it. Well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he doesn't. <laughs> no, yeah, no, he don't know. Yeah, of, no, of course, like, he yeah. doesn't. He's like, hey, man, if you go bench me and I'm still gonna get my 250, 300, whatever it is a week, well, fine, man. I'll just train, stay in shape, you know, and whenever the money comes, the money comes. So, um, how do you react to the to a take that says Manchester United can be deemed as the villains in ruining football as City, Chelsea, PSG. Um, he gave a little thing. I think that is false to some point because of their traditions in taking academy prospects to the first team. That's from Pujan Upujan. All right. Um, do you think Manchester United are villains and they're destroying football in the same way that City... Chelsea, PSG are accused of. Because if you look at their like all-time transfers and stuff, you know, Pogba for 90, Maguire for a big number, uh, Sancho's a big number, um, Juan Basaka was a record, I think. Like, well, in Premier League his history, Man United. I, I think so. Yeah. No, no, look. You cannot blame the Glazers for not spending money. You yeah. can't it's like the money has been invested. So, and see, this is what people I think people will complain that the money that's being invested isn't coming from the Glazers themselves. Oh. It's it's more so like when you look at Chelsea, the money is Abramovich's money, really. <laughs> when you look at City, it's coming from the 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 City Sports Group. When you look at PSG, it's coming from uh, Qatar, I believe. The Man- Manchester United are just such a popular brand in the world based off the work that Sir Alex did and those that came before him, that their brand almost pays for itself, that the Glazers don't have to put anything in. Manchester United is just kind of, it's a money machine. So the, the whoever the CEO is, he has a big budget with which to buy players. Arsenal aren't necessarily the same. Their brand isn't as big as Manchester United. They don't have the same corporate sponsorships, I don't think. But then their owners don't put anything in either, and that kind of limits what they can do. So I think Manchester United fans will complain that, yeah, we have the ability to spend based on the badge and the crest and what that brings in money-wise. But we would still like to see our owners take something out of their pocket and put that in as well. I think that's more what they complain about. That's Well, that's not realistic. Bro. See, that's, that's idealistic. And then the Glazers are like, do you want players? Boom. Who cares where the money is coming from? I don't even from? think the Glazers know what's happening. 
If I'm honest with you. Oh no, of, of, of course not. Like they like no, no. I think they look at the stock price, they look at the numbers, and they're just yeah. like, okay, everything's good. But in terms of like who is Paul Pogba, who is Varane? They just delegated to someone. Hence why you have to respect someone like Abramovich. Because Abramovich is like, no, he's a football fan. Yeah. <laughs> so Abramovich say, no, I am going to personally invest my money in this. And I think apparently oh. I read I, I read a report that, that said that if Hallam comes this summer. The money that he's going to give to Alpha Inga Haaland and Raiola is going to come out of his own pockets. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's that 40 50 million? Yeah, 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 40, no, 40 million. But 40 you mil. know, it, it, it works, it's good, but it's also bad in the sense that the Glazers wouldn't have wanted Shevchenko, the Glazers wouldn't have wanted Torres. Do you know what I mean? They they would just buy whoever's good, but Abramovich was really intent on like, no. I want Shevchenko because I don't know if he's a friend or I'm just a fan of him as a player. Mm-hmm. Or he was really enamored with Fernando Torres to the point that they spent 50 mil. But it's made sense. No, Even... I, of course, no, of course it made sense. But I'm saying like it didn't work. And that who who's to say the chief executive officer at the time would have just been like, yeah, that's a player we want. But Abramovich is a football fan and he has the money to do it. So he, he's he's maybe thinking more with his heart than his head. And that could backfire, but overall, it's probably a net positive. Whereas mm. the Glazers aren't going to tell, "Hey, go buy this guy or go buy that guy because I like him." They don't even know who to. If they knew the rules of football, I'd be surprised. What's his name? Joel. Mm. What's what is offside? I don't know. They just put the flag up. I don't know what it means. I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't know like NFL rules and they owned the Buccaneers. I just oh, think, no, they, I think no, they're not NFL. Think, you think they do? You think yeah, they know they, the they, NFL? No, see, that, that's, that's a stretch. Like, if I asked have, them, if I asked them what pass interference was, they could explain it. Ah, you they, just they, got they, in the way. No, like <laughs> football rules, they have no idea. NFL rules, they, they know the basics. Not interesting, no, but the basics and so forth. Yeah, they know because it's an American thing. And so, they just seem like people who are just. We know sports can make money if it's done correctly. So let's just do it the way we need to do it. And they've no, taken advantage of but, debt but, and all this kind of stuff. But I think that's when you look at songs like whether it's Remember the Titans, Any Given Sunday, and so even for me, who hardly watch NFL, I know the basics because of Any Given Sunday, Remember the Titans, and, and so forth. <laughs> so once those films are out there, you have a basic understanding of oh what the sports is about and so forth. Like okay, I went too far. We're still waiting for a quality football film because goal is trash. What, what's the so, best? What's the best football film? It doesn't exist. What's what's the one where Pele and them are in like Escape Nazis? to Victory with is them? Is that good? Stallo, no. So. It has Pele in it. How is it not good? It's not. It's not good. Does but, does that movie boost his horseman status? Reduce no. it, or it doesn't do anything? Does doesn't do anything. If I he mean, was really good in it, would it have helped? No. No. Basically, see, the issue is it's very hard to make a football film because it's quite hard to recreate a football situation because it's much easier to recreate. Dramatic basketball. situations in NFL and basketball than it is in fo- fo- football. But Once like, someone like, just figures that out, then which, which, which you can't do with that. You want to use computer. Put your mind to it, you man. Can. You're the director. Why don't yeah. you write bro, a script? I, bro, I told you, my two passion projects are an amazing football RPG video game and a proper football film. So those are my two passion projects. What was the last movie about football that you watched? As in film or documentary? Yeah, that's film. Bro, it's like... It was probably goal, which which was trash. I don't know why I watched this, but have you watched? Have you seen Fever Pitch? Like it's kind of about. Oh, I've heard of it with um, that dude that was in the in the King's Speech. I forgot his name. Firth, Colin. Yeah, Firth. Colin Firth. Yeah. That's the last football movie I watched. It was okay. It was it was decent. It's not about. It's it's more about him than it is about football. But yeah. mm. I do think Manchester United do escape the villain tag because people assume that their spending is natural and that the spending from Chelsea, PSG, and City is kind of doping, financial doping, whereas like Manchester United earned the money that they're spending. Are are Manchester United villains in that sense? No. But they could be considered villains because they do inflate the transfer market. It just depends on how you want to look at it. Um, Okay, Varane to United is an idea, perhaps because Alaba has been announced at Real Madrid. What do you see Alaba's role at Madrid? Center back, left back, DM, 
all of the above? Um, that's okay. a good one. <laughs> you, you always time it badly. Now, Alaba is... Finish chewing. Alaba is... Look, I've finished. I beg. Me could not talk. Me could not talk. So, Alaba um, is good because he can play multiple positions. Left back, center back, midfield. So, I think that is what they are getting. They're just getting there who, okay, we're all covered. But the danger is Real apparently have announced that they're not signing a replacement for Varane. So, it really is Militao, Nacho and um, Alaba, which is a bit odd. But, no, look, I mean, whenever I play football manager, one of the play, one of the players that I try and search for is, is a defender who can play multiple positions. Always very useful because I'm always in a position where, like, oh, damn it, man, this guy's injured, red card, bro, can he play right back? That's you know, because... Cesar Aspilicueta will always have a career. As long as oh, always, play. always, because those are extremely useful because you don't really want to put a left back who can't play right back. And you want to put a central defender who doesn't know how to play right back or left back because that's going to be seriously problematic, you know. Mm. So a guy who can play all positions, oh, it's because you you will need it. What is the reason behind Varane's? Because it, it doesn't make sense. So you lose you lose both of those guys at the same time. Money, I think. Mm. I think with Ramos leaving, Varane is, is things we said that mm, like I've done it all at Real Madrid. I don't feel attached to Real Madrid really per se. And if these guys are offering me like twice as much as I as I earn now, all yeah, right. Go. And also the key thing as well, which is why this nine links in with PSG and Pogba. So with United getting Varane, does that appease Pogba and make, make Pogba stay? Is is one of the attractions of Varane going to United, hey, my French dude, Paul Pogba. Same thing with PSG. Do PSG now believe that if they now get Pogba, that'll be enough to keep Mbappe? Interesting. And at Real Madrid, I think there's a lot of guys who are on the one-year deal. So Varane has a year left. Bale has a year left. Benzema has a year left. Modric has a year left. There's another player who I think has another year left on his contract. So Madrid are probably just like, look, we can't keep all of you. <laughs> so let's get some money for the guys that we can get money for. All right, Sancho went to United. Did they need him, or was it just good to get him? They needed him. He's a better player and can offer you more than Rashford, James, and Greenwood because you have a guy who is a really good dribbler, creative, can play make, offer assists, can play in the number ten as well. And I think that's especially when you now play against these tough teams that are hard to break down. Sancho, as an individual, can make something happen more so than Greenwood. James, as I said again, he's he's just a guy that just runs. Greenwood is talented, two-footed, but I just think that there is a bit more tacticalities and there is a, a bit more incisiveness to Sancho's game than Greenwood's game. And for me, I've never rated Rashford highly. I think Rashford is like a, like a seven and a half out of ten, maybe an eight. Yeah, seven. Seven, 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 seven. Ali extended his contract. I don't know the years on there, but... I'm pretty sure it's at least two or three. Do you think that's a good idea? No. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say yeah. Oh, well, it depends. For 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 Chelsea, yes, it's it's a great idea for for Chelsea. For United, no. So so it depends on what perspective. For for Chelsea, it's a great idea because there's one less team to worry about with regards to winning a trophy. But if you're Man United, it doesn't matter who they buy. Sochi, I don't think has what it takes to take a team to a trophy, multiple trophies, or take United back. Because there was no there was no reason for you to not be able to beat Villarreal in a final. And I think that for me cemented that mm-mm, decent manager, but he isn't the guy. He's the guy that takes you up toe to the line, but not the guy that's, that puts you over, over the line. So he's not Moses, man. Say again? He's not Moses. Well, I mean, let me just jump into my Sunday school bag. He kind of is Moses. Who is he leading over the promised land? Joshua led them to the promised land. But who? Moses. Okay, this is what happened. Wait, 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 wait. Who, who parted the Red Sea? Moses. Thank you. No, but like. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's that's one to who parted the Red Sea and said, yo, guys, let's walk through this whole thing before these dolphins and these sharks say what's up? 
So that's the thing. Okay. Well, do you know what happened after the Red Sea? They had to walk around in the wilderness for 40 years. 40 years they walked around in the wilderness. Well, it's, God, it's, it's, it's that's all gets because because God, by the Egyptians. Let me, so. let me, let me, let me give you the story. So <laughs> Moses leads the, the Hebrews out of Egypt. They get caught between the sea. So then he lifts up his staff or something like that. And the water parts, they go through, they get to the other side. Pharaoh's army comes, the water engulfs them. All right. That's cool. But the other side was not the promised land. It was just more desert. So then Moses takes the people, they go get the Ten Commandments, and then they have to walk around the wilderness for 40 years because while Moses was getting the Ten Commandments, the people were like, you know, pestilence and they were doing bad things. So God was like, you know what? All the generation, because I guess a generation is 40 years, God was like, all the people that were doing badness, you guys cannot go to the promised land. So now you guys got to walk around in the wilderness for 40 years. So all that generation dies. Moses is allowed to live for a long time, but because he broke God's promise, he did something like where he, he, he struck his staff against a stone and water came out of the stone. God was like, nah, you shouldn't have done that. So you're not going to be able to go to the promised land. So he leads them to the edge of the promised land. But then because God was like, nah, you can't go. Moses gives the leadership to Joshua. And then Joshua is the one who leads them into the promised land across the River Jordan. That's where we get the Jericho story and all of that. So Ali technically could be Moses, where he leads you to the edge of the promised land, but you're, he's not going to taste any milk and honey. Moses didn't get milk and honey. He died. I'm, I think I'm, he, he I'm was sorry. like, a, he, when you look at Oligon instruction, does that look like a man that can part the, the Red Sea? <laughs> That's all I care about. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anybody who passed, anybody who can pass the Red Sea, which is one of the craziest things I've ever, I've ever seen in my life or had in my life, I don't care whether you, you take us the promise. For me, that's a bigger flex on leading guys over the, the, the promised land. I'm just saying, like Moses, Moses didn't get, to, he didn't get to the promised land. Just like, just like, oh. Uh... But but what he did was more. In, what he did was more important. Like literally, if it wasn't for for me, these Egyptians, these pharaohs are, are going to lubricate you. So. I know you're gonna use See, Joshua had it easy, man. So <laughs> nah, he Bas- had to face he had to face giants, I think. Basically, who 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 had a greater dod? The greater dod was Moses. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Little 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 Bible school. If if I got the story wrong, Exodus readers. No, look, look, man, it, it's yeah. fun. Like I now want to watch Prince of Egypt now. You should have you seen the Charlton Heston Ten Commandments one? Bro, I'm Nigerian. Of, of course <laughs> I have, man. What kind of question is that? That's that's that's, that's standard viewing, man. Come on. Man. <laughs> <laughs> no, like every, every Nigerian has seen every major Bible story film and everything. So, anyway, all right. Um, what's left on this piece of paper? Can, will City be able to buy Kane? As, As in, can they afford him or will Levy? Of course, they can afford him, but will they be able to buy him? Levy, Levy is a is a is a is a tough cookie, man. Is a tough old cookie. Did you see that City are trying to buy Grealish and Kane? Do you think that's possible in the same summer? Yes. So that's like what, 300 mil? Yes. And FIFA and UEFA will, will do nothing about it. <clears throat> yeah, UEFA had their chance to stop City. Yeah. And and didn't you say there was evidence that's supposed to come out? Bro, I'm, I'm seeing stuff that apparently City, you know, they've been very bad boys, man. Been very bad boys, but as I said again, what's anyone gonna do? Like if, if it was real, I'd appreciate it. But because they they were banned from Europe, no one is touching City because they have too much money. Because all all that matters is money. It's it's why Qatar are, are hosting the World Cup. It's all about <laughs> money. Depay, Barcelona, Messi, Griezmann. I say those proper nouns. And what do you think? Don't judge a player solely on his ability. Look at how a player fits into a system. All because you buy a talented player doesn't mean that he's going to be effective for your for your club. So Memphis Depay may not be David Villa or Samuel Eto, who reminds us that Messi played with him. He didn't play with Messi. <laughs> so that. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Yo, just quickly, do you think he was right to say that? Because I feel I think he had a point. 
in 2007, 2008, Messi was playing with Eto. Messi wasn't Messi until 10, oh, no. 11, 12. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, like, it's just funny how the way that he responded. But if we're being real, like, no, Messi was still on the, like, Eto was the guy. Because remember, Eto had already won a Champions League, scoring in the in the final. He was in dropping 06. like 30, 35, 40 yeah, goals a season. Eto so. was already the guy. Sorry, Messi was just, hey, I'm just, I'm the new talented kid on, on, kid on the block. So yeah, he does have a point. He has a point. Anyway. With the, the, the pie. Ah, oh, the pie, yes. Yo, don't don't judge a player based on... Their, their oh. talent. Just yes, based yes, yes. About how they fit. So my thing with the, the pie is... He looked great under Kuman for the Netherlands. It's how is he going to work with Ronald Kuman, and how's that going to work? But your focus should be, okay, this is who Kuman wants for his system. So this guy is not going to fit what Kuman wants to do, and it's all about being effective because you already know Messi is going to be messy. So that's the one side. For Griezmann, it's failed, <laughs> and we all knew that this was going to fail. But here's the thing, though. Atletico Madrid, don't be stupid. Barcelona don't want Saul. They want Jal Felix. I understand you paid 120 for Jal Felix, but he clearly doesn't fit into what Simeone wants to, to do. And Simeone is your 10, 20 year um, guy. So the swap deal that makes sense is a swap deal that benefits both of you guys. Griezmann, it will be a great fit for Atletico, who obviously have bought to their Paul, you have Cannibal Suarez, and so forth. So you get Griezmann, you know that, that guy is going to fit into that team like a glove. Joe Felix to Barcelona, that's a perfect fit. <laughs> you know? But Atleti are like, nope, we paid 120 for this dude. This is our, our marquee player, marquee talent. We're just going to keep hold of him. Even though he's on the bench and he'll hardly play, we're still going to keep him, which is crazy. Because I think Joe Felix is, is potentially a, gen, a generational talent. So quick, quick, quick question, because this is an argument that's been raging online. Do you think Trent Alexander-Arnold is a generational talent? So do I think he's like Cafu? No. <laughs> no, basically, the question is, do you think he's a generational talent? That's all I'm saying. No, no. I think he's like a good player for his era. That doesn't mean he's a generational talent. Does generational talent mean that like whatever era I put you in, you're going to be a success? No. Or does it mean of Gen your generation, of your gen you are a talent in it? The, the clues that they mean. So... If you're a young player who is extremely good and has a great potential of it of within your high school class or your like what like like what's it called? You know, like I think in high school or here we have like five years. Yeah. Which is like you'd call it like a generation, which is the five year thing. So within a five year grouping, are you the best young talent? Of that grouping, hence why Robinho was put with that. That Dramatio was the generational talent. Now he didn't fulfill his his potential, but Robinho was a generational talent. Mbappe is a generational talent. So it's like when you're so young, people are like, "Wow." The issue I have is there is there is this crazy arrogance that Premier League people have because it is only Premier League people who believe that Trent Alexander Arnold is a generational talent. I was like, guys, does anybody outside of England <laughs> view trends as a generational talent? No. But some people just believe that, oh my gosh, he's a right back and look at how many assists he has and look at how he passes the ball. First off, you're a right back, which means that how good are you at defending? <laughs> so before we go to passing and so forth, how good are you at tackling and defending? Because that's the first thing. If you're not that good, then no, what are you talk, talk, talking about? If you say, oh, look how good I can pass and everything. Okay, now. Going to central midfield, and let's see whether you're as good as Joshua Kimmich. <laughs> see, I think Kimmich is a generational talent. Yes, he is. Like uh, perfect, you know, hundred percent. Yes, I'm just I'm trying to think of right backs, and Kimmich, you know, he can play in, in midfield as well. Mm. Um, who else is out here? <laughs> Carvajal. I wouldn't say Carvajal was a generational talent. No. Kyle Walker. I wouldn't say is a generational talent. Aspilicueta isn't, Trippier isn't, Wambasaka isn't. Give me some more right backs. Serge so many right backs, man. Roberto, <laughs> not a generational talent. Serge Ori. 
Reese James is Reese no. James a generational talent? No, like he's he's a he's talented, but he's not a generational talent. Mm-mm. I'm just thinking about right backs. How many quarters? There's only right one. Back? Like the only generational talent that plays right back or that can play right back is Kimmich. I get Trent. You got to be able to defend for me yeah. if you want to be a generational right. Like you got to be able to do both well. And he's exceptional going forward, but he lacks in the defensive aspect. And I think if, if we're going to call you generational in that position, you got to be able to do both. Yeah, that's like that's to. Ashley Cole. Ashley Cole could go forward and he could defend. Some might say he he was a better defender than he was going forward, but he could still go forward and get you. You know, and goals as well. side notes, people may not like this. Puts Philip Lom was good side. going forward. He was good defending. It's like if he puts his character to one side, Ashley Cole might be the best left back of all time. We can have that debate. We can have that. We can, we can have that conversation. <laughs> have we done our time. all time ever? Like no. in each position, I don't think we've done that. So maybe we can do that. Like, like because people keep asking me because I'm still working on my all time team. Yeah, I don't. So. I, you know what? I don't like making 11s, so that it would make sense why we haven't done that. But of the of the right backs that are currently playing, Kimmich, if he decides to, or if the manager puts him there, because <laughs> he can play midfield as well. But okay, of the out and out right backs that don't play in midfield, that don't play left back, that don't do anything, Trent might be the best. Yeah, I just mean, a, just a, just a people who play only right back. But my thing is that, but that who's he's his not competition? generational, though. Yeah, it's his not his generation, and who's his competition? I told you, I don't rate trends that highly. I can only go based on what I see, and I just I don't because my thing is that I look at way, he's not better than Kyle Walker was. Yeah, like as in terms of a right back, which is yeah. that defending and going for defending and then going for no Marcelo, one of my favorite players of all time, was not a good left left back. Super super football player. <laughs> But in the words they, of they, my they, 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 they money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's left? Ah, Depay. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, Depay hasn't been bad anywhere except Manchester United. That one season with Van Hal, I think it was. At PSV, he was great. I think he dropped 20 goals in, in a Eredivisie season. With Lyon, last season, he dropped 20 goals. There was one season where I think he had 19 or 20 I think he was damn near a one and two goal scorer. Obviously, he was taking penalties and free kicks and all that kind of stuff. But for Lyon, he was great. The only place that he's played poorly is one year at Manchester United. And you could say the pressure, the number seven, the whatever it is. So I'll give you the benefit of the doubt for one season at Barcelona. And let's see what happens, especially with the manager who probably maybe trusts you more than Van Hal did. But, you know, we'll just have to see. There are horses for courses, you know. Some players are really good some places, and they're not great other places. Like Di Maria, how many great? He was great at Madrid. He's great for PSG. Great for Argentina. One season at Manchester United, he was bad. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that there's a correlation between Manchester United and players having one bad season, but that's just the, another player that played there that that comes to mind. Just Manchester United had like a weird period. <laughs> Alexis Sanchez, you know, <laughs> great for Arsenal, goes to Manchester United for a season, was trash, goes to Inter, and he's better. He's not like, you know, back to the levels, but, mm-hmm. you know, for Chile, he's always pretty good. So, yeah, okay, if I give three good, if I give three decent examples of players that have struggled in similar positions, maybe it just is Manchester United then. If if something happens to Sancho where he looks at this season, <laughs> then we have evidence. <laughs> something's going on with the wingers at Manchester United. Anything left down on the piece of paper? Pochettino signed a contract extension. Messi's going to sign the contract. FIFA and Pez for the last five minutes. Can we get you to play FIFA 22? No. Not just, just to try it. What if it's good? Yeah. What if like, you like it? It can't be. No, no, but you know, it, if enough people desperately want to do it i may just do it just based off just let me just do it for twitch for the subs yeah for twitch but, man but if it's down to me no is sports <laughs> like think about this they're like why are we wasting time trying to make the game good when it doesn't matter how good the, the game is as long as we perfect ultimate team these zombies will buy anything <laughs> we give them so it's like ESports said, no, it is not in our interest to waste time trying to now make the game good. No, just make the game easy, accessible, arcadey, and just and like the, the the focus is perfecting ultimate team because that's where the real money is. 
So, no, so, so why am I getting a game where you're not putting in your heart and soul into trying to make the beautiful game the best that it can possibly be? So, do you know who needs to take over football games? The people who make 2K. Like 2K Sports should make like an NBA wait, wait, version of football. And is maybe that, that could be interactive. Good. I think so, yeah. Like and I think, maybe, I think like, they make look, Call of Duty. Let them try. Wait, NBA 2K developers. Yeah, it's 2K Interactive, I think. Yeah, yeah. Why not? What happened? Oh, yeah, they haven't tried to make a football game yet. You see, that's my thing. It's like, I feel so jealous of Madden and NBA 2K. It's like, man. Imagine a football Mad- game Madden like Madden EA. and NBA 2K. But Madden is EA. True. And people, like, people complain about Madden all the time. That you know, EA doesn't care the glitches, all this kind of stuff. Like, EA are just they're a conglomerate, man. Like they have a yeah, yeah, yeah. big. It, what happened was the two K people they made um, NFL ESPN two K five. So this is in two thousand four. They released what people consider to be the greatest football game ever, and they released it at a lesser price than what you could get on the PS two for Madden two thousand and five. EA saw that and they were like, oh, we have. We have real competition here. So they went to the NFL and they got the the licenses for all of the teams. So 2K couldn't make their NFL game anymore without uh you know with with real teams, real faces, real names, all that kind of stuff. So then that led 2K to just put all of their effort and time into the NBA game and they made that as good as it is. It's it's similar kind of to what Pez was going through, where they didn't have licenses in London Blues and all this kind of stuff. Like you couldn't put Chelsea unless you like after the fact you go in and you rename the team or you download the pack and it names everything for you. Um, so EA, they have like a stranglehold on NFL football generally. Um, so it's just, it's whack, man. Cause they're, they're a conglomerate that doesn't really care except. And then Mike, when, once microtransactions dropped, mm. that was the end of video games, man. Oh, oh no, no, that was the end. That was the end. Because basically, like, oh. ba- ba- once once your console could connect to the internet and you could put a credit card in there, oh, they, they it's over. got you. Because PS2, the game was the game. Maybe there might be one update if you choose to put it on the online. <laughs> but then PS PS3, Xbox 360. Once they put the internet in those boxes, oh, and you need your credit card to buy this. Oh, okay, we'll charge you two dollars for this, three dollars for that. 99 cents for this, and they're just going to keep going. So, like with the Pez eFootball thing, you don't think that's going to be just hella microtransactions? No, 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 because I just think, look, because I think that, yeah, this is about making money, but there was back in the day, like there was a passion. So, like, let me just let's actually try and create a game. But I think once you brought in DLCs and microtransactions, you could make money that's good. So, so before 30 pounds, that's it. <laughs> Thirty pounds for the game, boom, it's done. So for PlayStation or even early PS2, it was thirty pounds. Then I think the later era PS2, then the end got up to forty pounds. Yeah, it's it's the same number. They just overcharge you guys. Yeah. So, <laughs> so now it's like standard is now like fifty pounds. Now fifty nine, like fifty nine, probably or sixty nine. And then oh, the special legendary edition is is like two is like two billion. So they're robbing you. Just to get in, and then once you get in, then you have to pay more. It's, it's it, like it's, like it's for me, nice like I'm 30 now. Do I really feel like paying you all that money? Because it's my money now. When I was a kid, it was my parents' money. <laughs> so it's easy to ask, hey mom, can I get NBA? Can I get FIFA? Can I get this? And then that was just the game. In 2006, you could buy FIFA 07, whatever it was. And that was the game. You play with your friends. You know, I was Chelsea all the time. You know, <laughs> now it's not just somebody comes to the crib and you guys are just playing on the same TV, talking, eating Doritos, whatever it is. Like, nah, now it's like ultimate team. And I got to make the best team. And do you really feel like going through the process of maybe getting something from a pack? You know, the thing like opening packs is like they, they want to call it gambling. It's gambling. It's gambling. Yeah, like there's like legislation against like opening yeah. packs in some places because the addiction of like, am I going to get Messi? Am I going to get Ronaldo? Am I going to get Mbappe? Am I going to get people just over and over? They just spend it's, money. It's, it's messed up. It's, it's, so, it's, I mean, like, it, it is, makes me not want to play video games anymore. It's so disgusting how, because remember, I 
we we have got FIFA, we got FIFA ninety four. That's how far back we go with FIFA. FIFA ninety four on on Sega Mega Drive. From where it was just you're just getting a football game to now, it's this gambling weird thing. And the whole point of this, I see the content of Ultimate Team is actually pretty cool. So depending on how good you do, you get rewards with getting cards. But once you now say, oh, you can if, pay money to get if if, if you want to pay money, you can even. Then it's like, ah, so the spirit of competition is now just dis- dis- destroyed. Have, now what? Have Have you talked to Red about his foot he told me, addiction? He told me, he told me, okay, he told me. I, I think it's like <laughs> that. That would be a great podcast. When I heard podcast. the amount of money that he put in, I was like, Jesus, <laughs> that's scary. Like, like, and so, I wouldn't, so, I wouldn't expect someone like Red to be addicted. There we to go. That so, level. That, that's a, so if it's gonna get someone like Red, my God, wow! Imagine just a little kid, man. It's oh, just like, he's screwed. Anyway, um, all right. This has been Talk Attack. This podcast. Wait a minute. With let me just check. Somebody might have got a question in on the buzzer. Ah, basketball question. After Giannis' class performance in the finals, where would you rank it all-time with finals performances? Also, where would he rank among the all-time power forwards? I think he can get into the top five. Damien, we will answer that question in the Talking Tactics Extra. Yes. And are PSG the only team with money this transfer window from Black Emoji? Nah. There's a bunch of teams out there with money. They just don't feel like spending it right now. Chelsea have money. They made the Champions League final, and they're owned by Roman Abramovich. They've got peas. They just don't want to spend them. Manchester United clearly have money. City also always have money. The only teams that might not have money are Barcelona and Real Madrid, <laughs> which, which yeah, you wouldn't no, expect. But yeah, Barca, their skins, man. I, you, skins. you, you, they must have money. The amount of people who are throwing money at Chiesa, 100 mil, 110, 120, and they're still saying no. Normally, Juventus are broke and they need to sell somebody in order to buy. So that they're rejecting money for Chiesa, they must have some money stashed away somewhere. This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. Remember to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. If you're listening on Spotify, give us a follow. If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. I'm at Daniel Taluk. Half of where can people find you on the internet? Halfoffofballhot.com. Remember to check us out on Patreon. $3 a month. Shout out to everybody that's out there. Hope to see you in August. Talking Tactics Podcast. Sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always football. All right. Peace, peace, peace. See you next Tuesday. One love, one love, one love. Sports Social Podcast Network.